Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rainbow. Gangstuck, 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 gangstuck. For me, 2023 was the year of me saying, oh wow, thank you. Because that's a refrain I found myself more or less saying time and time again, signifying a genuine gratitude for whatever nice things some other person said to me, virtually or in real life. But also signifying that I was genuinely taken aback by all of this praise and this recognition, and it's really been an odd thing to adjust to. It's one thing to receive praise for something you're successful at, but it's another thing entirely to receive praise for something you're successful at that actually means a lot to you. This has been my experience with this podcast this entire year. So first and foremost, thank you so much for listening. Words cannot describe how thankful I am for your support and how you've helped me grow this show to where it is today. So in the spirit of being thankful and being grateful, today I will be diving into detail what defined my 2023 through the lens of my favorite music and hand out some awards along the way. Welcome to the fourth annual RMPP Awards. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. 2023 was another fantastic year for hip-hop and also a fantastic year for some of my favorite non-hip-hop genres as well. This year absolutely did not disappoint musically, particularly within the space of indie rap that myself and those listening tend to gravitate to. It was another phenomenal year and I'm just so excited to share my thoughts about what I love the most. So, to start off, I'm gonna go through some of my individual awards, then we're gonna transition to my top albums of the year before finally wrapping it all up with a personal reflection on what this year has meant for me on a personal level as well as what this year has been for the show. And throughout it all, for you listening, I just want you to bring a spirit of gratitude because There is so much bad, terrible, nasty things happening in the world right now. One of our saving graces is the fantastic music being made right now. So please join me in celebrating greatness together. Okay, now, without further ado, the moment you've been waiting for, let's get this started with our Best Performance in a Supporting Role Award. The first nominee is RXK Nephew on Blockhead's Pink Lemonade. Next we have Quelle Chris on Blockhead's The Cellar Dwell is New. Rich Jones on AJ Swade and Televangel's Goodbye. Billy Woods on No Name's Gospel. Fonte on Black Milk's No Wish. And then finally Big Rube on Be Kool-Aid's Fool's LSA. So the winner is Fonte. His verse on Black Milk's No Wish is simply stupendous. You can go on and on about the raw 
technical ability and his lyrical prowess here, it's clearly still amongst the very best in the game, and clearly he's still operating in peak form. But what really, really gets me going is just how open he is, because it is unbelievably rare to hear a rapper or really an artist of any genre talk so openly about such sensitive subjects, such as being legitimately sexually abused as a child. And it's the way that he describes this incident with such depth, nuance, and detail that really made it so impactful for me. There's a terminology that I learned in a book. Uh, this book is called The Choice by Dr. Edith Eva Eager. This is written by a Holocaust survivor. It's a very famous book. And one of the things that I found so fascinating about this book was the concept of being a victim versus being victimized. And initially when I read this kind of thing, I was a little turned off. You always hear time and time again in our current nasty, toxic political discourse of that idea of being a victim, of having a victim mentality and how this is this terrible sign of a weak generation, a weak society. That isn't what this author and this person is trying to say. Instead, it's basically making a distinction between being victimized, which is something that is objectively factual. You were victimized if you were sexually abused. You were victimized if you were a member of a group that was being ethnically cleansed like this person was. But that doesn't mean that you in turn need to be a victim forever, meaning that you don't need to let that incident overcome you and define you. Why I bring that up is because Fonte simultaneously allows the listener to glean a lot of empathy for him as a child in this situation, but also he ends this verse by painting himself as someone who has taken this nasty, awful situation that happened in his childhood and how he was able to learn from it, how he was able to take that as a cue to say, I am going to welcome vulnerability into my life and is challenging and encouraging others to do so with this verse that he delivers and even ends the verse with some coy, fun flexing, showing that he does love himself no matter what happened to him in the past and he's proud of his achievements and it's just a truly remarkable work of art that gets better with each and every listen. All right, now moving to our next award, we have Hook of the Year. Our first nominee is AJ Swade and Televangel with Goodbye featuring Rich Jones. Next, we have Be Kool-Aid with What's Up featuring Devin Morrison, Fair, and Morif. Andrew with End. Armin Hammer with Blocked Call. Air with Shadow Self. And then finally, Mike with Set the Mood. The winner is for Hook of the Year, we have What's Up by Be Kool-Aid. This is the kind of track that just makes you smile from ear to ear immediately, getting you to feel like a cheeky little bastard. It's just so playful. It's so, so fun. Devin Morrison, man, this guy is just quintessential R&B at its finest. If you're one of those people who 
are a little disenchanted by the current state of R&B music, whether it be a little too left field for your, your taste at times, or is featuring vocals that aren't as technically sound as those artists prior from the genre in the past, or are you're not really happy how hip-hop inspired and kind of half-trap music it, it seems to be, Devin Morrison is the guy for you. Devin was the perfect man to provide that silky smooth, classic baby-making type energy to one of the standout records of an all-time classic record in Leather Boulevard. Next, we have Beat of the Year. First, we have Air with Right Here, produced by J-Words. Next, we have Be Kool-Aid, Sound Good, produced by Ali. Then we have Andrew's End, produced by Andrew. Arm & Hammer Switchboard, produced by Seb Bash. Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia's Garbage Pail Kids, produced by JPEG Mafia. And then finally, Mike's African Sex Freak Fantasy, produced by God. And the winner is for Beat of the Year, we have Switchboard, produced by Seb Bash. The winner of this award for the second year in a row, mind you. In my interview with Elucid, that was from the year 2022, I believe, we talked about the beat Bunny Chow off of his fantastic record, I Told Bessie. And this one was produced by Seb Bash. This was also my beat of the year last year. And when we spoke about this record, I believe Elucid was detailing how Seb Bash produces and how a lot of what he does is performed live. And I feel like that dynamic is what makes Switchboard such a phenomenal absolutely just spellbinding instrumental because the way this beat constantly morphs it it goes from first being this sparse just strange instrumental with this like consistent ringtone sound going to then end up being this downright unsettling and frightening instrumental by the time we get to the song's climax and woods enters the final leg of his verse it, it gives me goosebumps every single time and is the perfect encapsulation for all of the beautiful sonic adventure we get on We Buy Diabetic Test Strips. Next, we move to Producer of the Year in our second last award. The first nominee is Steel Tip Dove. Next, we have Televangel. Then we got Kenny Siegel. Then we got... Andrew, and finally, The Alchemist. My producer of the year is Steel Tip Dove. Steel Tip Dove was on an absolute monster tear this year. I think more than anything, what really impressed me with Steel Tip Dove this year is his ability to be versatile and to understand the assignment because the variety the breadth of work that this man put together in this year is just batshit crazy. Maybe it was due to his new record label that he started, Fused Arrow Records. He was creating projects with everybody, and they were either good or absolutely fantastic. And throughout it all, he always created beats that fit the artist perfectly. 
whether it be on Decay with Fatboy Sharif, those haunting and absolutely panoramic beats that were so psychedelic and so all-encompassing to the real knockout punch that kind of solidified this award winner for me being his record with Jesus because those beats have such a rich level of kind of organic instrumentation mixed in with some weird psychedelic sampling going on and all throughout the way space is used is, is so entrancing. This is something Dove has always done fantastically, his use of space, and really is potentially the best set of beats he's ever put together on Wax. Steel Tip Dove did his thing. If you haven't heard all of the records he put out this year, I don't really blame you, but I highly recommend it. Now, for our final individual honor for the fourth annual RMPP Awards, we have Rapper of the Year. Our nominees are AJ Swade, Wiki, Pink Sifu, Billy Woods, Young Morpheus, and finally Mike. So the winner is for Rapper of the Year, we have Billy Woods. I'll be real with you. Sometimes I get a little self-conscious when it comes to artists on Backwood Studios because I don't want to sound like all I listen to are artists on Backwood Studios. I don't want you to think that all I listen to is Billy Woods or Elucid or, or Arm & Hammer or Shrapnel or whatever. But it's kind of hard when they're just dominating the game right now. When all of the artists are making fantastic music spearheaded by none other than the Backwood Studios head honcho, Billy Woods. Not only did he deliver my album of the year at mid-year, he gave us some consistently fantastic features throughout the entirety of 2023, and then ended up freaking making my actual album of the year when it's all said and done at the end of 2023 with Arm & Hammer's We Buy Diabetic Test Strips. I'm sure I mentioned this the last time I made my year-end episode and named Billy Woods my MVP. But it bears repeating because the case is only growing in strength that Billy Woods is currently on the greatest run in hip-hop history. From 2018 up until now, the catalog isn't just filled with a few great albums and a bunch of really solid records. There are quite literally several personal classics within this six-year stretch, and to be quite honest, there's no reason to think that this is going to stop anytime soon. The run he's on right now is feeling eerily reminiscent of a, another run in a different profession, that being football, that Patrick Mahomes is on right now. Because as much as people hate it, as much as people are tired of seeing the same people win, Mahomes and those Chiefs are potentially about a week and a half away from capping off the greatest five-year run in football history if they win that Super Bowl. And similarly with Billy Woods, there's no reason to think it's going to end anytime soon. Even though there's a bunch of great teams and a bunch of great quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Lamar, Burrow that surely are fantastic and worthy of winning their own rings, there just happens to be one guy out there that is just doing it on a different level and... I think we all should just admire greatness in both cases. Billy Woods is my rapper of the year, 
and I'm just so excited to see what he does next. All right, so that concludes the individual honors portion of this year-end wrap-up episode. Now it's time for me to share my top albums of the year. So how this will work is that I will share a ranked top 25 albums of the year across all genres. And then furthermore, as I've done in the past, I've categorized my complete top 100 albums list into categories based on the vibe and or the style of music. But unlike what I've done before, where I rhymed off the names of my favorite albums within each category of music in this episode itself live, Instead, I'm just going to share my top 25 albums of the year and then zero in on a few of those albums in particular, my top four, that really resonated with me on a personal level and explain why it left such an impact. And then for all of the remaining albums that make up my top 100 albums list, you can find that full list on my website, which will be linked in the description. This way, I feel the episode will be a little less me reading a list, which I feel like it was in the past, and instead I can focus on actually just sharing that personal insight on what I loved hearing the most this year, and hopefully the experience is a bit better for you as a listener. Furthermore, I decided to leave that entire top 100 list categorized in a way that is unranked, because honestly, as I've been doing this now a few years, the difference between like the number three 28th album and the number 14th album in one of these categories was very arbitrary and could honestly change by the day. So while I acknowledge there is a utility of rankings as a tool for folks to kind of understand what music I enjoyed the most and therefore allow you to discover new music and prioritize your kind of discovery endeavors, it still is a hierarchical framework atop a very subjective art form like music that I don't want to lean into completely. And then lastly, my collection of favorite albums this time actually includes non-rap albums too because this year was just so amazing for non-rap albums that really tickle my fancy, so it just felt incomplete to not include them. Okay, now, with all that necessary logistical preamble that hopefully mitigates you guys yelling at me on social media or anything like that. I'm going to start with my RMPP 25, my top 25 albums of the year, and then get into those top four albums that really resonated with me on a personal level and tell you why. All right, at number 25, we have Sanfa with Lahai. Next at 24, we have Aesop Rock with Integrated Tech Solutions. 23, Unsung hand-painted model trains at spot number 22. We have King Vision Ultra with Shook World hosted by Algiers Next at 21 we have Serengeti Ajay 2 Then after that at number 20 we have McKinley Dixon beloved paradise jazz Now at 19 we have Luca with permanently blackface 18 pink Sifu and too rich Benji. It's too quiet Next at 17, we have Young Morpheus with From Whence It Came. At 16, Liv, Girl in the Half Pearl. Next at 15, we have Larry June and the Alchemist with The Great Escape. Then at 14, Def C and Messiah Music, the Gollum of Brooklyn original soundtrack. Then at 13, we have Mike, Burning Desire, 
Then at 12, we have Fatboy Sharif and Steel Tip Dove with Decay. And then at 11, we have Wiki and Tony Seltzer, 14K Figaro. All right, so now we are finally at our top 10 albums of the year. Let's get into it. At 10, we have Andrew, Don't Forget Me, Bluest. This is one of those records that I feel immediately better once I play. There is a certain element of feeling grounded by Andrew's music that I've always felt. And on Don't Forget Me, Bluest, not only is that still there, but I just feel like his production has been elevated, his songwriting has been elevated, and then to top it off, there's features here that absolutely blow me away. Look no further than the standout novella with OK Nice and Love Ulysses that is genuinely one of the best posse cuts I've heard in a long, long time. At nine, we have AJ Swade and Televangel with Parthian Shots. Man, the chemistry that these two possess is fantastic. Televangel's mix of gritty yet psychedelic boom bap is a great pairing for what AJ Sway brings to the table. His esoteric lyricism and trademark smooth delivery just paint over these ambient and atmospheric soundscapes from Televangel in such a complimentary way, both Suede and Televangel leveled the fuck up on this record. Now at eight, we have Jesus with What Them Dogs Don't Know They Know. Suede's here back to back for good reason. The lyrical jousting, the lyrical acrobatics that Rap Ferreira and AJ Suede, otherwise known as Jesus, bring to the table here is truly some alien level shit on top of that steel tip doves production gives them the perfect canvas to do so because not only are the sounds chosen a really good fit for artists as idiosyncratic as an aj suede and a rap ferrera but there is a beautiful variety that pushes these two mcs to really exceptional heights I'm thinking of tracks like Skin Glowing that feature a irregular, unconventional time signature in the drum pattern. And it makes for all of the MCs on this track to really do something special to make this not sound like a complete mess. And it's definitely one of my favorite songs in the album. I think Jesus was a pairing that sounded good on paper, but I honestly think it exceeded those expectations and easily is one of my favorite albums of the year all right at number seven we have air with headspace air the duo of j words and Masai, created a piece of work that is truly the definition of cutting edge this record is not only fun due to the really insatiable grooves and strong dance elements confident fly raps but there is equal parts a lot of introspection and sobering observation that is often pointed inward that really makes me think and really resonates with me on a personal level when it comes to topics such as healing and growth and maturity and knowing now that 
these two are roughly around my same age, it's no surprise that this album hit me so hard. Headspace is, is phenomenal. All right, now we are close to our top five. We have number six, Sketch 185 and Jeff Markey. He left nothing for the swim back. This album is pure adrenaline. The production here is unrelentingly bold and experimental, but at the same time, it does know when to be a bit more restrained, like on the outro track. I am just blown away with what Jeff Marquis did here on the production. And then when it comes to the raps, Sketch 185 is rapping like every single rent payment that he'll ever have to pay is due tomorrow because the passion and urgency he brings to the mic is dumbfounding like I, I i'm really at a loss of words to describe how strong his presence is on the mic that provides further force to these non-stop jewels these non-stop thoughtful lyrical nuggets that are just thrown at you from track to track to track this album is everything I want in hip-hop. It is bulletproof. It is fantastic. Okay, now we are in top five territory. At number five, I have Kalela with Raven. This album, kind of similar story to Leather Boulevard to an extent, was an album that dropped at a very emotionally high point in my life. And I just gotta say... Kalela is a genius. The big, grand, often bassy production is cavernous. It's vast. The musical soundstage is immense. Yet, this album simultaneously feels as intimate and as close as it can be. Kalela immediately draws you in with such heartfelt emotions such fantastic vocal lines look no further than sorbet which is easily one of the best songs i've ever heard in my entire life like i'm not joking i could write an entire essay about how perfect the hook slash bridges on this song and how the beat drops at the perfect time and how absolutely intoxicating her performance is it is romance and seduction personified. And that kind of intimacy, that kind of execution musically is a trait that is consistent throughout the record. Raven is phenomenal. I can't get enough of it. All right, now we're in our top four and I'm going to elaborate a bit more on these particular records as they had a particularly profound impact on me. So... At number four, I have Nourished by Time, Erotic, Probiotic 2. I've covered some of my favorite pieces of music ever on this show, whether it be through reviews or the interviews I've conducted with artists that are legitimately some of the best to ever live, in my humble opinion. And yet, with Nourished by Time's Erotic, Probiotic 2, I'm struggling to come up with the right words to describe how I feel about this record without sounding hysterically hyperbolic because I absolutely adore this thing. There are very few albums that make me feel as strongly as this one does. 
That's why the alternate name I've given this album is Control V or Command V for my Apple users out there. Because no matter what my mood is a second ago before pressing play on this album, I immediately start feeling this rush of unbridled passion and energy. During this year, this was the album I played whenever I was feeling my happiest, when I was in love, but also when I was heartbroken, when I was dejected, when I was scared, when I was stressed. Erotic Probiotic 2 never ceased to give me that same level of emotional catharsis that I don't know what I would have done without. It's the album that features melodies so perfect, so irresistible, that they feel like what I would write if I could write songs. Cultivating vibes I love to feel. Boasting production that is one of a kind in its blend of retro dance, bedroom pop, and even hip-hop flavors as well. This album is aptly titled because as corny as it sounds, this thing is my drug. It features five of the best songs I've heard all decade bar none. It is one of my most played albums of the year by far, and one of the best albums of the year, period. Something that is guaranteed to be in my rotation for the rest of my life. Alrighty, now getting to my number three album of the year, I have Be Kool-Aid's Leather Boulevard. So I went into great detail about why this album is so special to me in a past Conversation Pieces episode. You can find that linked in the description. But I'll do my best to summarize this again here. Leather Boulevard solidified the idea that music has legitimate teleportation powers. This album dropped during a time of my life where I was really on an emotional high, something that I've like honestly never experienced before. So the intoxicatingly romantic and intimate brand of neo-soul rap that Be Kool-Aid brought to the table on this record was the perfect soundtrack to how I was feeling. I played this constantly in March, April, May of 2023. So every time I've played this record since, it brings me back to that same time and how I was feeling. I'm sure many of you can attest to this kind of dynamic occurring with you too. What was wild though was that when things went south in my life last year, this album's potent, evocative power not only gave me an intellectual reminder of that past time in my life, but it gave me such a deeply emotional experience that I actually needed to avoid listening to it for a while. But once I finally did press play on this record, it served as a way for me to actually process the emotions related to that time that I was trying to avoid. I've had music remind me of notably good or notably bad pastimes in my life routinely. This happens with me a lot. I have strong musical memory in that sense. But what has never happened to me until now with Other Boulevard is an album that could do this teleportation magic so strongly that allows me to quite literally confront old memories and difficult emotions as if it was a form of therapy. It's, it's insane. And, and while the conclusion you may draw from this is that I'm off my rocker, I think you need to firstly watch your tone, but secondly, give this album another listen. Because when it comes to setting a mood, cultivating an atmosphere, a vibe, Leather Boulevard is unlike anything else. It's an entire world filled with unbelievably rich jazz rap compositions, some of the best drums you'll hear all year, 
Sifu's trademark raspy vocals marry perfectly with the gorgeous vocal arrangement from some of the best singers out in the scene right now. Leather Boulevard is love personified. It's fun, it's pretty, but most importantly, it's fucking real. This is a classic, you can't tell me anything otherwise. Alright, at number two now, we have Maps by Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel. Maps is the perfect representation for that statement I opened this episode with, where I said that 2023 was the year of me repeatedly saying something along the lines of, oh wow, thank you. That sense of newfound accomplishment, pride, and gratitude I described is what I associate with this album for two main reasons. Firstly, this was the album that dropped on the heels of my interview with Billy Woods. Unsurprisingly, for those who have followed the show, this was a conversation I obviously wanted to make happen. And so being able to speak with an artist who's made countless albums I cherish so deeply was a real honor. And then on top of that, the interview gave the show a huge boost, expanding the show's reach in a serious way, laying the groundwork for continued growth ever since that I've been so blessed with. Now, the second main reason for this thought is that Maps was the primary soundtrack for my recent visit to New York in the summer of 2023, where this passion project, if you will, really started to solidify as a real thing in my life. Being able to spend quality time with artists that I've had on the show, listeners of the show that are now genuine friends of mine, it was like no other experience I've ever had in my life. And at every step of the way, Maps was often playing in my headphones. This was enabled by the album's versatility and listenability, drawing me in with its elements of fun, dry humor, mesmerizing sonic exploration, and heartfelt introspection. I was just never not in the mood to play this thing. Woods' travel-laden stories and Kenny Siegel's beautifully rich production was the score for one of the most impactful periods of growth of my entire life. And now finally, my number one, my album of the year for 2023, I have Arm & Hammer, We Buy Diabetic Test Trips. We Buy Diabetic Test Trips is my album of the year because it is one of the most truly inspiring pieces of music I've ever heard. Now, why do I say that? Well. This album sees Arm & Hammer at their creative zenith, and this didn't happen by accident and it didn't happen overnight. After decades of staying true to their artistic vision, honing their craft, trusting in themselves and one another that what they're creating is indeed special, Test Strips is the culmination of all of that groundwork, to where they can assemble an all-star cast of the finest collaborators imaginable and operate at the peak of their powers pushing the envelope, structuring songs in more progressive ways, upping the ante with how bold and audaciously risky this album is musically, all while delivering rap performances that set the standard for what poignant, interesting rap can be. Test Strips is a spellbinding and surrealist masterpiece. It's rare in life that you see people stay true to what is uniquely them and have it pay off like it has with Arm & Hammer. In a world where genuine creativity is often a 
secondary success factor to one's proximity to the levers of power and wealth, Elucid and Woods have effectively bucked the trend, which should give me and all other creatives out there some level of hope. We Buy Diabetic Test Strips is Arm & Hammer's crowning achievement to date, and luckily for us, they are showing no signs of letting up. Okay, that concludes the fourth annual RMPP Awards. You know, I love doing this exercise of reflecting on my last year of music because I'm sure as many of you listening can relate, my musical diet significantly correlates with what's been happening in my real life, what's my mindset been, how I've been feeling. So it was notable to me seeing how skewed my top 25 albums were when it came to the categories of music that got me into my feels and the music that focused on real mature growth and personal subject matter. Because truth be told, that's what my 2023 was. It was serious. It was emotional. I did not live passively. For better or for worse, I experienced life in a way that I haven't before. I went through an up and down cycle of taking personal risks, experiencing the highs and lows of what that brought me, and recovered through reflection that oftentimes was deeply uncomfortable. And if I had to sum up a core idea that has been noodling in my brain for the better part of this last year, that idea is identity. At this point in my life, at 28, I still don't really feel like I'm 100% sure of where I'm going, what I stand for, what I'm looking for in my life. That is a really scary place to be in with each and every passing year that fear is rising. There's so much unknown and, and, and sometimes it can get really overwhelming. But thankfully, one thing I do know is that in this current period of my life, one thing I value more than anything is direction. And this podcast is improving that sense of direction tremendously. Because although the results in terms of viewership, albeit growing, are not at the level I'd love for them to be when it's all said and done, every time I release an episode, not only do I feel a sense of accomplishment, but I have this deeper intrinsic feeling that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Being able to say that, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and actually 100% believe it is a blessing in and of itself. Meaning that all of these long nights of stress and of time that I'm allocating away from advancing in other areas of my life is not being done for no reason. The amount of times that I've felt scared this past year have been higher than I'd like to admit. I'm putting so much time into a podcast that while I love isn't paying the bills or making a massive dent on getting a house like everyone keeps telling me I should be saving for. And so I've wondered in the past with this podcast, is it even worth it to keep it going? And now at the end of 2023, Recording this in January of 2024, my answer to that is a resounding yes. That is precisely because of each and every one of you listening who are telling other people about the show, who have made this podcast grow to the point where 
it's becoming a meaningful thing of value for not only me, but patrons in the RMPP community and general listeners who fuck with the show, who appreciate learning more about this exciting space of creative music we're witnessing in the current indie rap scene. And if you'd like to further get involved in this community that keeps growing by the day, please consider becoming an RMPP patron because my God, has that been one of the most surprisingly gratifying and amazing things that I've ever been a part of. We're at, at this point of me recording about 55, 56 members and people are friends with each other. We already got a bunch of inside jokes, the interaction, the engagement, the knowledge and the creativity within this community. It's just incredible. So, you know, shout out to all the RMPP patrons out there. Your support is significant and really keeps me going. And if you are not a member and want to join, hit up that Patreon or reach out on social media if you have any questions. But for patrons and non-patrons alike, the bottom line is your support is helping build and fortify this growing community of creative, like-minded individuals who have a deep burning passion for hip-hop music your support is enabling me to bring on some of the finest artists in all of hip-hop music and then finally and, and honestly most importantly to me at least your support is easing my anxiety and reassuring me that the rmpp means something currently all that existential angst stuff has me in a chokehold where every setback, whether it be romantically or career-wise, has me questioning everything. Where I often say really nasty things to myself. It's something I struggle with. I want to be great, but I don't know if I am yet. And I also don't know necessarily what great even means. The thing I do know, though, is that this podcast is great. It's my baby. I'm so proud of it, and I'm so goddamn appreciative of each and every one of you who tune in. Through this podcast, I've been able to connect with other people, whether it be artists or listeners, who seem to love music as much as I do. That's not an easy thing to find, and I'm forever grateful. Thank you so much, and I hope your 2024 is chill as fuck. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. 
So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace. Peace.